What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show. On this Monday, October 9th, I am doing the show yet again from lovely and beautiful Medellin. Got here a couple of days ago. Those of you that were tuned in last week knew the crazy travel schedule. I was here in Medellin, went back to Miami, then went to Philadelphia to go see the Marlins and Phillies. That was pretty quick. Got a couple of cheesesteaks, though. I got two cheesesteaks. The Marlins got two runs. I enjoyed my two cheesesteaks better than the Marlins' two runs. Then I went from Philly back to Miami and then Miami to where I am right now in Medellin. And I'll be here this week, and then next week I'll be back in South Florida, and I'll be doing the show from the Hard Rock, from the Poker Room, for my poker tournament coming up next Tuesday night, October 17th, and I'll tell you more details about that in a little bit. I know why you are tuned in right now, not only to hear about the great views that I have here in Medellin, but also the views that I had on my television Saturday and yesterday. The Miami Dolphins, they get a win. It was a little sloppy, but it's a victory. It wasn't like it was really close. It's a win. It's just not like, wow. Or maybe we're just used to the Dolphins scoring so much. So we got that on the menu today. And I don't want to make it like I'm not excited or happy about that. It's just that at the same time, on the same field, the same weekend, the Miami Hurricanes had one of the most bizarre, unusual, ridiculous games, particularly the ending of the game, that you will ever see in your entire life. I did not expect the Miami Hurricanes football team to be a bigger storyline coming out of this past weekend with their game against Georgia Tech. I didn't expect it to be bigger than the Dolphins taking on the Giants, but here we are. And that's why, while I'm excited for Dolphins fans, because you look at what you've got with this team, you look at who they're going up against next, should be an easy win. Hey, Slater, it's never easy. Come on, should be an easy win. Then they're going to take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. That is exciting. So there is excitement around the Dolphins, a lot of excitement around the Dolphins. But here we are on a Monday following a Miami Dolphins victory where this is the first time I get to talk to you since last week. And the biggest story to me is what happened with UM and Mario Cristobal. So I'm going to be discussing that. I'm not going to take an entire hour to discuss that. But I'm almost certain that's the lead. It's like I got a 1A and a 1B, but it's more like a 1A and a 1Z. It's hard not to start with the Dolphins following a victory. but Anyhow, we're here in October. I love October. It's a great month for baseball, the baseball postseason going on, unfortunately, without the Marlins. And there's a trend that happened over the weekend that I 
felt was going to happen. I talked about it. I saw it coming. That's why I was like, geez, if the Marlins can get past Philadelphia, they would take on the Braves, and they've had a week off. Look at the Braves. Look at the Dodgers, what they did with a week off. Unfortunately, the Marlins could not get past the Philadelphia Phillies. They couldn't even score two runs in a game against the Philadelphia Phillies. So the baseball postseason won't be talked about a lot here on this show because the Marlins are out, the Yankees, they were never even in it. And do we care about any other teams, really? Not not so much. The Miami Heat, they begin preseason action this week. Nothing better than preseason basketball, right? There's a lot better. The Florida Panthers, they're about to start their real season. Just a lot of good stuff going on. And it's been like that for all of 2023. There's so much to dive into. And I feel, like I said, it feels really weird and odd, but the Canes game, it stands out to me more than the Dolphins win yesterday. So it is a rare Monday where the Dolphins have a But they're not going to be the lead of the hour. I'd have to go back to files from I don't know how many years ago where the Dolphins won on a Sunday, but the following day I came on the airwaves and I did not lead with the Dolphins win. I'm sure it's happened before. But I think I would have to go way, way back because what I saw Saturday night on my television and what some of you saw in person at Hard Rock Stadium, just inexcusable, absolutely inexcusable. Now, before I get to the awful ending at Hard Rock on Saturday, thankfully there was a better ending on Sunday. Before I get to that, and I will do it in this segment. I quickly mentioned right off the top that my poker tournament is coming up next Tuesday night, October 17th. Now, I have been doing my poker tournament for 12 years. Okay, that's a long time. 12 years my poker tournament's been going on. It started at Seminole Casino Coconut Creek many, many years ago. 12 years ago, to be exact. It was great. Fantastic. Then COVID hit, everything came to a stop, and then my poker tournament got revived along with everything else, and it's been taking place since last December at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, and it remains there. When we started it in December of last year, there was $10,000 guaranteed in the prize pool. Now... It's been doubled. Starting next Tuesday, the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament will have $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool. You used to start with 20,000 chips. Now you're going to start with 40,000 chips. So that's been doubled. The guarantee in the prize pool has been doubled. The entry has not been doubled. We just put it up a little bit from 150 to 250 
So it'll cost you 250 bucks to enter. There's a minimum amount of $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool, and you'll start with 40,000 chips. I hope to see you there Tuesday night, October 17th. That's a week from tomorrow. Cards in the air at 6 p.m. You can register until 8.55 p.m. to be exact. Tuesday night, October 17th. It is the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament, now with $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. And next Tuesday, I will be doing the show from inside the poker room at the Hard Rock. Love that place. Now, I want to discuss not just the Hard Rock poker room. I want to discuss what happened at their stadium. Miami Gardens, Hard Rock Stadium, Saturday night, the Canes and Georgia Tech. The Canes had a W. We should be talking about two W's today. The Dolphins and the Canes. What a debacle. How does that happen? Before I get into how that happens, like I have a reason how that happens, I can't do anything until the hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. Mario Cristobal. There is no way, there is no reason that with 33 seconds left in the game, third and 10, 33 seconds, there's a 40-second play clock. There is no way in the world you cannot take a knee. What the Canes did Saturday night is completely inexcusable. I think we all heard the rumblings that Mario Cristobal is a good recruiter, but he's not a good game day coach. Pretty sure we've all heard that before. But I'm always thinking, how bad can he be? 95% of college coaching is getting good players, getting them by recruiting or through the transfer portal, and then just not messing them up. What we saw on Saturday night, it wasn't just bad coaching. It was coaching malpractice. Absolute malpractice. The University of Miami won that football game. The game was done and over with. UM's got the ball. Georgia Tech is out of timeouts. They didn't have enough clock left to do anything. It's like 34, 33. You got two on the play clock, one on the play clock, and then they hand it off instead of taking a knee, which ends the game, and everybody walks onto the field, shakes hands, And then leaves to the locker room. The game is over. The University of Miami has won. They're still unbeaten. But no, we don't want to do that. We want to hand the ball off. Look, there was a ton of failure on that play. And I've heard from a lot of people, oh, it's this guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. Mario is 100% of the blame here. Mario Cristobal is the head coach. 
It is Mario's job to manage the game. The announcer on the broadcast called it one of the worst displays of coaching that they had ever seen. And they're right. There was a ton of failure on that play. Mario's to blame, though. But this had to go through how many people to actually happen. And on top of that, there was a ton of failure in the last minute or so. Keep in mind here, Don Chaney Jr. had to fumble the ball. I know he felt bad, but we shouldn't crush him. In the end, he did fumble. I don't think he's the guy that should be crushed here. Mario even hinted after the game referencing ball security, kind of throwing something there on Chaney, but this is not his fault at all. And I know a lot of you saw the replay. Maybe it wasn't even a fumble. On the slow-mo, it didn't really look like a fumble. But that ball should have never been put in anybody else's hands but Tyler Van Dyke, who takes it and then takes a knee. And then after the fumble occurs, Georgia Tech, they still got to go 75 yards in, what, 26 seconds? That's a huge defensive failure. That last touchdown pass, Miami bit on the quarterback running and let a receiver get behind four different guys. Major failure. So we had a coaching failure where Mario cost them the game. We had an offensive failure where Cheney lost the ball. We had a defensive failure where the Canes gave up a touchdown. A complete team failure. But what's so frustrating about all of this is going from a W to where you'd be 5-0, and heading into Chapel Hill this coming weekend. North Carolina, they're 5-0. and It's an ABC primetime game. Miami could have put themselves in position for a monstrous contest, which you could say it still is, but now the Canes come in following a complete debacle. You got to pick up those pieces after a horrendous decision. So that's what really hurts the most. Losing a game hurts. Losing it that way hurts significantly more. Like the dumbest way to ever lose a game where You cannot lose this game. It's impossible. How do you lose this game? You take a knee. The game is over. The coaches shake hands. The game is over. The broadcast is over. Everything is over. The the crew on the field gets to get on there and start turning it over for the Dolphins game. How do you lose this football game? It's impossible to lose this football game. Mario Cristobal found a way. I don't care... Who made the call in the end to run the ball? This has to go through so many people. If Mario Cristobal was not somebody making $80 million and the guy that Miami desperately wanted, he's an alum. If Mario was just a dude, like a normal college coach, What we saw on Saturday night is 100% grounds to tell that person, you're fired! 
It was that bad. And to make it even worse, Miami had two timeouts. There was no need to rush anything. If they needed to recalibrate, as Mario said a couple of times, if they had any questions, any problems, anybody on the sideline thinking, whoa, 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 wait a minute, or even on the field, like, what are we doing here? All Miami had to do was take a timeout. They could have taken a timeout at 38 seconds. They could have taken it at 39 seconds. They could have huddled and said, hey, all right, there's 38 seconds left here. It's third and 10. They can't stop the clock. Let's just take a knee and get out of here. That opportunity was there for them. Instead, they rushed it, and then they rushed the ball, and then there was a fumble, and everything went completely wrong. And Tyler Van Dyke, who didn't really have a good game, he's the last line of defense there. He's the person that's getting that football from the center. Tyler Van Dyke can stop something really, really stupid from happening. He's the quarterback. If something feels wrong, if something feels off, all Tyler Van Dyke has to do is either A, call that timeout, which would be a normal thing to do, or B, just kneel the ball yourself no matter what you're told. You know the game is over. I'm not blaming Tyler Van Dyke. I'm not blaming Cheney. I'm just saying there's many different people this has to go through where one of them, if just one of them said something ain't right here, if one of them said that, and they may have thought that, you could think something, but if you don't act on it, it's completely different. If one of them would have acted on, hey, something ain't right here, and either called timeout or just take a knee themselves, we'd have a victory. But it all starts and ends with Mario Cristobal. There there were just, there were fail-safes to stop this from happening, but this all falls on Mario Cristobal. I guess this could be a thing for Mario, where the end of games with the lead, he just wants to let linemen eat. That's his background? I I don't know. I mean, I know he's an offensive lineman. So up late, let those linemen go to town? It's like, we don't want to run the clock out. We're going to end the game. Last year, though, I saw, I think, Will Manso sent out a – I almost said tweet. Well, I just said tweet, but he posted something on his X feed. Last year at Virginia Tech, they wound up kneeling the ball in the last two plays. I don't understand it. I don't care if it's something he's done before or he hasn't done before. This cannot happen. When you can guarantee a victory, it's done and over with. You just take a knee and you don't do it. To me, that's a fireable offense. And again, if it wasn't Mario, if they didn't give him all this money, if they didn't want him so bad, he wasn't a UM alum and he was just a normal coach, I think we might be talking about somebody who doesn't have a job. You have victory formation for a reason. It's the best play in football. It's nearly impossible to mess up. 
victory formation. That means you have won the football game. And the Canes lost. They just said, no, we're, we're not going to just walk out of here with a win. No, we want to run one more play. Was that the worst Canes loss ever? It was, the, it was probably the worst way to lose a game. Although, I mean, there are some up there like Ohio State. <laughs> but just in, in terms of your own control, not leaving a game up to an official or something, was it as bad as the uh, Hail Flutie? Look, it was nearly impossible to lose that game Saturday night. If they played that game 1,000 times, that would be the only time Miami comes out on the wrong end of it. When I saw Cheney fumble, I thought, my gosh. Now, obviously, you feel bad for the kid, and he's by all accounts a really good person. But the only real consequence that could come from running a play is a fumble, and boom, Georgia Tech got it. My final thought about Saturday night and that decision, look at the expressions of some of the guys on the sidelines. You had some players who were crying. There's a part of me that thinks Mario Cristobal could lose the locker room from something like that. Mario has the big I'm in control energy. Hey, I'm the leader. You follow me. But Watching him bumble and stumble like he did Saturday night, does that hurt his credibility? I think so. Are there guys who are now going to tune him out a bit, at least like some? Hey, what does this guy know? He can't count to 40. I'm serious. The locker room is a fickle place. There's a lot of egos in there. Guys have goals. They want coaches to make them better. They want coaches to give them a chance to win. Give them a chance to be professionals. When you see your head coach who you believe in get clowned like that, not good. Now we'll see how they're going to be able to bounce back from it. A win over North Carolina and Chapel Hill, that would help a lot. If you want to get over that game, I got the perfect solution for you. Head on over to Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, where you'll be surrounded by gorgeous. You might be so sad about Saturday night. Well, your sadness will turn into smiles. Head on over to Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club. And the reason Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club, that's because the beautiful ladies that you'll see there They come from all over the world. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. Maybe you're going to watch the game tonight, the football game on television, Green Bay and Las Vegas. You will never be bored. You will be entertained during every time out. You will have your own halftime show, and you will be so happy you went to Dean's Gold. You could head on over to Dean's Gold any day you want. It doesn't have to be just tonight. They're open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 in the morning. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard 
That's in North Miami Beach. Have yourself a great Monday night or even early Tuesday morning. Surround yourself with beautiful women who come from all over the world. There's only one building in South Florida you could do that. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. We all know the Dolphins song. There's a few Miami Dolphins songs. And they've been sung by many of you for many, 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 many years. This year, though, it feels like the first time in a long time, because it is. That's why it feels like it. That any of those songs are actually true. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We have never seen anything like this. This Dolphins team is so dang fast. This track element of the Miami Dolphins, it's out of control in a good way for Miami, in a bad way for their opponent. Look, this team going into the season, you look at them and you're like, they're already fast. They're absurdly fast. This is before Devon Achan comes onto the scene. Devon Achan, he might be the fastest of all of them. The dude is ridiculous. He is so good, and he's got a knack for taking it into the end zone. I recall here on this show and many places around town, we were doing the whole Dalvin Cook thing. Not to say Dalvin's a bad person or a bad running back. I'm just saying we were doing Dalvin Cook shows. Probably not so much on this program as to others, but there were tons of stories written about him. Dalvin Cook's available. He's a local guy. Everybody thought the Dolphins needed running back help. Well, Devon Achan, he's got more than 400 yards. He's got seven touchdowns, and he is a stud. Suddenly, he is one of the best running backs in the entire league. Okay, in the NFL, not just for the Dolphins, not just for the AFC East, not just for the conference. I'm talking about the whole league. And he was a third-round pick, 84th overall. I continually said on this show, when the Dalvin Cook talk came up, when the Jonathan Taylor talk came up, I constantly said Mike McDaniel loves the room he's got with his RBs. He loves it. And a lot of us thought, mm, okay, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr. This is before we knew that Jeff Wilson Jr. was injured and was going to miss a lot of time. Why would you not go get Dalvin? Why would you not really make a, a trade for Jonathan Taylor? That situation, Indy wasn't really looking to trade him. But why wouldn't the Dolphins do something? Well, in the end, I think it's fair to say now, I think we can judge this now, it's not too early, Mike McDaniel knew exactly what he was doing. He knew what he had in Devon Achan. Maybe he didn't realize Achan was this good, but I'm pretty sure Mike McDaniel knew Devon Achan was going to be a really good running back. The way he's been running, he should be, and he probably will be, 
one of the Dolphins' featured backs for a long time. I don't think this is a case where you've got a running back who just bursts onto the scene and all of a sudden has these great games and then he's out of here, like Jay Ajayi. Remember that? I think it was Jay had three 200-yard games in one season. And then the Dolphins sent him packing. This is not the same situation with Devon Achan. Now, Achan's not perfect. He did make a rookie mistake yesterday. He put it on the ground. He fumbled. That's not good. But Tua, he made two mistakes. One of them was a pick six. That put the Giants right there in business. The Dolphins could have had a big lead at the half. Instead, they didn't. It wasn't the best performance that we've seen by the Dolphins. If they did play well, if they played a clean game, they probably would have put up a 50-burger. Instead, they were sloppy on offense. They were minus three in turnovers. But they still won the game handily. The defense was great. The Giants are not good. So you can't really you can't really grade the Dolphins defense yesterday like a regular game. I know the defenders won't think that way, but the Giants, their offensive line, they had injuries and that was probably one of the all-time worst O-lines you'll ever see. The Dolphins had what, 8 sacks? They knocked Daniel Jones out of the game, a neck injury, which he's had before. Andrew Van Ginkle, he's a baller. I've always liked AVG. Uh, With Jalen Phillips out, it's been Van Ginkle, and he's having a great year, a breakout year. He's the one who's finding new ways to get to the quarterback. The dude's a finisher. He's all over the field. Van Ginkle's a ball hawk. Really good player. And it would appear to me that Andrew Van Ginkle is someone who is thriving in Vic Fangio's system. So it was a sloppy game. The Dolphins get a victory. It wasn't really difficult. Now you look ahead. Their next home game is against a really bad football team, Carolina. So that's another case of, okay, you got a bad team coming to town, and it's not just about okay, we need to beat a terrible Carolina team. It's really about playing up to what you're capable of. And I think it's fair to say yesterday with a depleted Giants team, they were missing a lot of their offensive line. They didn't have Saquon Barkley. The Dolphins did what they had to do. They didn't overwhelm anyone, but they got the job done. They overcame a lot of mistakes. Against Carolina, the Dolphins, I don't know if they'll make the amount of mistakes they did against the Giants. They'll probably try their best to clean that up. I think we'll see here the Miami Dolphins playing up to their standard, not Carolina's. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw at least a 40-burger put up on the Panthers. And Mike McDaniel made another good point. He makes a lot of good points. But after the game yesterday, he said Tua reacts better this year to any mistake that he makes. When he throws a pick, he's not 
just sitting there on the bench starting to spiral down feeling bad for himself. He's not throwing a pity party. Tua just gets back to work. He locks back in. And that's a big area of growth. Mike McDaniel was talking about that. A huge part of sports is how you manage failure. Athletes are not always going to perform as you expect them to perform or as how they expect themselves to perform. They're going to have letdowns. So the ability to realize, hey, I don't have my A game today. Can I win with my B game or my B minus game? And going out there and getting the job done, that is a huge step forward. Instead of just sitting there thinking, oh gosh, you know, what am I going to do? I'm off today. Oh my gosh. And I think we've seen that growth from Tua. A lot of that probably has to do with Mike McDaniel. Now, Tua himself gets credit, of course, but Mike McDaniel has instilled so much confidence in Tua going back to last season. Whereas in the past, if Tua had made a mistake, we're going to see another quarterback in the game. There was no confidence in Tua. Now there's a ton of it. I don't think against Carolina, and normally I don't talk about the next opponent on a Monday, but I am here. I don't think Tua is going to be tested much next Sunday or this coming Sunday. The following Sunday, he'll be tested against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. But this coming Sunday against Carolina at Hard Rock Stadium, I think it's just going to be about, hey, can we perform to our standards, our new standards, and can we play clean football at our level? Forget about anything else. Just go out there and do what we know how to do and do it well and don't make mistakes. And if the Dolphins do that against Carolina, well, now you're looking at just a one-loss team going into Philadelphia on Sunday night where that building and that surrounding area will be rocking. What a football game that is setting up to be. The other football game, about a month down the line, a little bit less than a month, is the one in Germany, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. You look at those two games on the schedule, and while a Dolphins fan might say it'd be great to see how we could go up against Kansas City at Arrowhead, give us that experience, I think the Dolphins would much rather have this game in Germany than Arrowhead. It's a road game for the Miami Dolphins. And while it's on the road, it's certainly not going to be the atmosphere like Arrowhead is in Kansas City. I think the Dolphins lucked out on that one. And if they could pull out some victories here against really tough opponents, the Buffalo game against Jacksonville, that certainly helped the Dolphins with Buffalo losing to the Jags. At the end of the season, come playoff time, the Miami Dolphins may not have to go to Arrowhead. They may not have to go to Orchard Park. 
they may have all of their playoff games in Miami Gardens at Hard Rock Stadium, except for the last game, because the last game will be in Vegas. And you know when you say Miami, You're talking Super Bowl. of course. I got a little bit ahead of myself late last night. I went online and I said, let me take a look here at what flights are going for from Miami to Vegas in February. And what I noticed was really cool. If you take a look, Miami to Vegas on American, there's three flights on that Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl. But the morning flight on that Saturday and also the morning flight on Super Bowl Sunday, it's on the Dreamliner which is a plane I love, the 787. And I looked at how many seats are available in business class and also uh, the premium economy section, which is really coach, but whatever. I'm not going to get into airline talk. And a lot of those seats are already taken from Miami to Vegas. Maybe not necessarily Dolphins fans thinking they're going to go to the Super Bowl, Maybe just people from Miami want to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl, regardless of who's in it. I'm not sure. I I didn't get the passenger list, nor will I. But I just was getting a little ahead of myself, and I thought about putting a ticket on hold or maybe buying it, and if you don't use it, you can always get a credit. When you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. This year, it may actually come true. Very soon, you'll be able to wager on who's going to win the Super Bowl, and you'll be able to do that in Florida. Very, very soon. I'll have more info on that probably this week, if not next, and I will let you know as soon as I know. But what I do know right now is that you could wager on horse racing, completely legal to do, In Florida, you could do it on your phone with the First Bet app, the official wagering app of Gulfstream Park, or you could do it in person at Gulfstream Park. They've got live racing every week at Gulfstream Park. It is their sunshine meet going on right now through December. Then the championship meet begins. Gulfstream Park, a great place to be, especially their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms. That's where I go when I go to Gulfstream Park. Sit down. Have a fantastic meal. The AC is kicking. You get to watch the races live right in front of you. And then make bets. 10 or 20 cents could possibly get you thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Gulfstream Park, live racing every week right now in our own backyard in Hollandale Beach for the racing schedule and all the information. Visit GulfstreamPark.com. Another South Florida team we saw in action, Inter-Miami. Maybe it should be Outer Miami because they are out of the playoff race. Inter-Miami, they didn't do much with Messi this season. They ran him down to win that uh, League's Cup, but then he was out several games. He was relegated to being a public sub Not a chicken tender sub, just a public sub uh, during their last contest. And they still lost. So now they've been eliminated from postseason play. 
when Messi first got going and everything was nuts? Could you have pictured it all falling apart so quickly? I couldn't have pictured that. Everybody was into it. Oh, my gosh, look at what Inter Miami's doing. How are they ever going to lose a match? Now they're out, and I feel bad for Inter Miami fans. Inter Miami season ticket holders are getting charged reportedly uh, double now or more than double of what they were charged last season. And now you see Messi may not even play all of the matches. Who knows what's going to happen next year. So for the Inter Miami CF faithful, and there are some of them, I, I feel bad for them. And when I was going to Miami International Airport the other day, I drove by and flew by their alleged new stadium. There's a bunch of uh, tractors out there digging up um, trees and roots and dirt. I don't know what they're doing, but it looks like they're doing something. I can't wait to hear the next update on that project. Now, you might have your own project. Retiring early. How am I going to do it? The best thing you could do right now, contact Trajan Wealth. They will get you started to making the right decisions. If you've got your own thing going on right now, still contact Trajan Wealth and listen to what they have to say because they know what they're doing. And I know a lot of times we all think we know what we're doing, but when you talk to a professional, it's a lot different. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. There's no reason you should not get a hold of them. You might think there's no way I can retire early. Contact Trajan Wealth because there is a way. Trajan Wealth, they're located locally in Palm Beach and they will design a plan based around your goals, which is the most important part. Visit their site, trajanwealth.com. That's trajanwealth.com. Or call them at 561-390-1000. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. One more thing I got to get in, along with crushing Mario and saying the Dolphins were okay but still won by two touchdowns. I said this about the Marlins. If they somehow got past Philadelphia, this format does not favor the team's that get the time off with the bye week. I had a great time in Philly. I thought the Marlins had a decent chance to beat them. In the end, they didn't even come close. I wish they would have won because the Braves, look at them. Shut out in the first game of their series. They hadn't been shut out all season long at home. And the Dodgers, a terrible performance. That bye week, it doesn't help. All right, that's all the time I got for this Monday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.